In a world that often feels overwhelming and discouraging, discover encouraging words for a discouraging world. Ten Biblical Promises to Bring Comfort in Chaos, a new book by Dr. David Jeremiah. You'll discover how to face your circumstances with unwavering confidence and hope. Yours for a gift of any amount in support of Turning Point. And for a gift of $70 or more, Dr. Jeremiah will send you his comprehensive Encouraging Word set. Request these resources at davidjeremiah.ca. Welcome to Turning Point. With the start of the new year, people are making resolutions in hope of finding happiness. But true happiness is impossible without God. Today, Dr. David Jeremiah explains why as he turns to the first psalm, the perfect scripture to carry with you now and throughout the year ahead. Listen as David introduces today's special message, a psalm for the new year. So how would you like to be blessed in the new year? Here's how the psalm starts. Blessed is the man. And the whole psalm is a recipe for a blessed life. We couldn't find a better scripture to talk about on the first day of the new year than this one. So get your Bible and uh, find the first psalm and be ready to join us in a minute as we begin to teach. We have a brand new resource for the brand new year. It's a book called Encouraging Words for a Discouraging World. It is uh, a beautiful gift book, and it's ready to be sent to you for your gift of any size. It's 208 pages, and it has 10 chapters, and these 10 chapters are all very special words from the Bible that you need when things are going tough. If you're having some rough water right now in your life, this is a book that can really encourage you. So, when you send your gift to Turning Point during the month of January, be sure to ask for your copy of Encouraging Words for a Discouraging World, 10 Biblical Promises to Bring Comfort in Chaos. I know you're going to like this book. It's one that I have put together for this particular time, choosing these verses very carefully because I know they'll be an encouragement to your life. Well, let's get started with our study. This is uh, Psalm 1 for the new year, beginning right now. The first psalm is considered by everybody a wisdom psalm, one that provides guidance for godly living. Psalm 1 teaches us that there are really only two ways to do life. This is the psalm of the two ways, the two destinies. Psalm 1 sets forth the way of the righteous and the way of the ungodly. Verses 1 through 3 tell us about the way of the righteous, and verses 4 through 6 detail the way of the ungodly. In these two pathways, the psalmist sounds a note that is found in many other places in the Bible. There are not many ways of life as some teach. There are only two. So let's take this little journey through these six verses. I'll try to give you an outline that will help you keep with us. This is a very special psalm. It begins in verses 1 through 3 with the way of righteousness. In describing the way of the righteous, the psalmist tells us two general things about these people. First, he tells us that people who live on the way of the righteous avoid the downward pull of the ungodly. 
When the psalmist talks about the ungodly in this text, he's not talking about murderers and rapists and dope pushers or the kind of people we usually think of as very wicked. To be ungodly simply means to live your life without God. That's the thing you need to understand. There is a gravitational pull on the ungodly life. And this psalm, more than any psalm in the Bible, more than any passage in the Bible, outlines to us what happens if we start to listen to those who are going the wrong way. If you examine the first verse of Psalm 1 carefully, you will notice these progressions. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. In this one verse, there are three sets of three. Three sets of three words. There is walk, stand, and sit, counsel, path, and seat, ungodly, sinners, and scornful. These words describe the progressive downward gravitational pull of the wrong life. It begins with a subtle adoption of principles, followed by a persisting practice of offenses, and it ends with a deliberate mocking of God. I want to take you through these nine words and show you what they mean and how they affect your life. First of all, we're going to look at three influences of the ungodly. The three words are counsel, path, and seat. The counsel is a reference to the philosophy of the natural man who's trying to figure life out as if God did not exist. It is man-centered living, not God-centered living. It's what we call humanistic thinking based on the theory of evolution instead of the fact of creation. And then there is the path. Listen to the ungodly counsel. Now, a man who is walking away from God begins to walk along with the ungodly man. He starts to practice the things that he has heard. What he has been thinking is now translated into what he is doing. That's the way it works. You get with somebody who's giving you bad information, you begin to buy into it, and before you know it, you're starting to do some of the things he did or she did without ever realizing it's going on. You move from the council to the path. And the third word in this first set of threes is the word seat. Now you're not just a practitioner, you're settled. You've sat down in the midst of this philosophy you're seated in the seat, you're comfortable in this lifestyle, you've crossed over to the other road. Those are the influences of the ungodly. Mark them well. They work as if they were programmed in life. And over the 50 years that I have watched it happen, it's as chartable as it can be. The next three words are the involvement of the ungodly. Watch how this works. The three words are walk, stand, and sit. Walk is a reference to how you live your life. It's a word that is used sometimes for conversation, your walk. For instance, the Bible tells us we're to walk in the Spirit. What does that mean? We're to live every day in fellowship with the Spirit. We're to have a walk with the Spirit, your daily walk. Here's what happens. You start out with your daily walk. 
you begin to walk in the ways of the ungodly. And then the Bible says you stand. You make a commitment. You take a stand. You become comfortable with it. You don't even apologize for it. You just sort of blend in, and you're a part of that group that's crossing over, going to the other highway. And then the third word is the word sit. Now you've settled into this lifestyle. So what we do first is make little decisions that are godly. Then we make commitments, and then we cement these decisions, and we settle into those commitments as a lifestyle. There's one more set of three, and we must carefully observe. We've observed the three influences of the ungodly, counsel, path, and seat. The three involvements with the ungodly, walk, stand, and sit. And now the three intensities of the ungodly. The three words are ungodly, sinners, and scornful. Now we've already talked about ungodly, that it's not a person who's outwardly evil, but a person who comes at life without God. If you want an illustration in the Bible of a person sorting that through, you can read the book of Ecclesiastes, because for almost all of that book, Solomon is trying to do life without God, and he comes to the conclusion that it's all vanity, that it's worthless. Everywhere he goes, he ends at the same place. Vanity, vanity, all is vanity. The Bible says we start with this minus God attitude. Then the next word is the word sinners. And this is a strange word for sinners in the Bible. It's a word that means to make a loud noise or cause a fuss or a tumult. Here's a person who is minus God but hangs out with the ungodly. Now he's beginning to act in a way that he would never have dreamed he would act months before. He's being drugged into the gravitational pull of evil. How many of you know evil is always downward? It's never upward. So you're getting pulled by gravity into this. You First of all, listen to the counsel, then you walk on the path, and then you sit in the seat. You walk and you stand, and then you sit. First of all, you're kind of just without God, but now sinner, that's a word that is proactive. Now you're involved in the activities of those that before you did not believe. And the final word is the word scornful. Notice the Bible says we go from being without God, just living life like God didn't exist, to being kind of proactive about the things we do that are not godly. And then if we're not careful, we become scornful. We become people who are outwardly shaking our fist in the face of God. We are becoming practical atheists and saying that God may exist, but that doesn't have anything to do with me. Please hear me today, men and women. Psalm 1 does not begin with the power of positive thinking. It begins with the power of negative thinking. In other words, the blessed person is the person who avoids certain things in life, things which make it impossible for happiness to flourish, because these things are poisonous and destructive and counterproductive. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't get yourself involved in relationships and situations where the influence in your life is dragging you into a wrong position. Then there's another thing that we learn about the righteous 
They avoid the downward pull of the ungodly, but they accept the decisive place of the Scripture. Notice verse 3. But this godly man's delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. Here we learn that the man who is walking on the righteous road is a blessed man because he finds joy in the word of God. He does not read the word of God to see what he can get away with. He reads the word of God because he wants to learn how to please God. You will only delight in God's law if you delight in God himself. And the man who delights in the law of the Lord does not study the Bible so he can find the least common denominator of the Christian life. This person who delights in the word of God finds his greatest joy in doing those things which he knows will please the Lord. He studies the word of God, and when he finds a passage that applies to him, he determines to carry it out in his life. He delights to match up his life with the principles he discovers in the word of God. Now notice, not only does their heart delight in it, but their habits are dictated by it. Their strength comes from the word of God. The psalmist says, he shall be like a tree. A tree is a picture of a man in this psalm. Just as a tree is nourished by constant supplies of water without which it would die in the blistering sun, so the strength of a godly man is maintained by the supplies of grace that are drawn from the word of God. How do you stay strong in your life? Don't try to do it on your own. Get strength from the word of God. Number two, their strength comes from the word of God and their stability comes from the word of God. Notice the text says, planted by the rivers of water. A fruit tree that is planted by the banks of the river suggests stability. The tree is firmly rooted in the soil so that when the storm comes, the root system is so vast down into the soil that the storm does not destroy the tree. How many of you know Christians who get destroyed by unexpected storms because they don't have stability? Their relationship with the Lord Jesus is one half inch deep. And so when the storm comes, their root system is right on the top, and the storm just takes them off of their game. The Bible says when we become aware of the importance of sinking our roots down deep into the soil of God's word, we become strong and we become stable. Here's the third one. Our spiritual testimony comes from God's word. Now if you're examining a plant, the first thing that you see about that plant or that tree that gives you any indication of how the tree is doing is the leaf. The scripture says, whose leaf also shall not wither. <laughs> the leaf is the outward testimony of this man. As someone has said, God's trees are evergreens. They never lose their testimonies. <laughs> they never wither. Why does the leaf not wither? 
because of the connection. It is connected with the branch, which is connected to the tree, which is fed by the roots, which go down deep near a river of water, which is the word of God. Their strength comes from God's word. Their stability comes from God's word. Their spiritual testimony comes from God's word. And their success comes from God's word. I see your ears perk up when I say that. We all want to be successful. And that is what the scripture says. That brings forth its fruit in its season, and whatever he does shall prosper. Prosperity for the believer It's like the zero that comes after a numeral. Outward prosperity is wonderful if it follows after God. Just like a zero that is added to the number one. But if you don't have the number one before your zeros, you are just a row of goose eggs. God is the number one. Success starts with God. If you try to build a successful life without God, you're going to end up with a bunch of ciphers. And at the end, you're going to be so frustrated that you gave your life to that, and all you got left is a bunch of zeros. But the psalmist says that the happy man has success in his own time, and whatever he does prospers. Why? Because he's connected to the source, the true source, which is God. That's how the psalmist describes the way of the godly man. Notice the transitional statement in this text. But the ungodly are not so. The way of the ungodly is unfolded for us in verses 4 through 6. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Take everything that I've said today about the righteous and negate it. That's the ungodly. That's what the psalmist means when he says, the ungodly are not so. Are the ungodly blessed? Not so. Are they happy? Not so. Are they successful? Not so. Are they fruitful? Not so. They may sound gregarious and look successful, but they are not so. The ungodly actually do what God forbids in verse 1. They walk in the counsel of the wicked, they stand in the way of sinners, and they sit in the seat of the scornful. And the ungodly cannot stand in the time of difficulty. Verse 4 says, The ungodly are not so, but they are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Now that's a statement that doesn't resonate with us because we don't know anything about the chaff. So let me tell you where this illustration came from. The picture here is of a threshing floor in Israel at the time of the grain harvest. The threshing floors of Palestine were built on hills that would catch the best breeze. The grain is brought to them. It is crushed by animals or by threshing instruments that are drawn over it. Then the grain is pitched high into the air where the wind blows the chaff away, and the heavier grain then falls back down to the threshing floor, and it is collected. The chaff is scattered, or it's burned. And the psalmist says that the person who walks in wickedness is like the chaff which the wind 
blows away. Get this. You are either like a strong tree that is embedded with its roots into the riverbed, or you're like the chaff which is being blown away by the wind. The ungodly cannot stand in the time of difficulty when the wind comes because there's no substance, there's no source. The ungodly cannot stand in the day of judgment. That's the next thing we learn about them. They cannot stand in the time of difficulty, nor can they stand in the day of judgment. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. The psalmist means that wicked men cannot hold up in the day of judgment. They cannot stand. They will be convicted. They will shrink away. When the psalm speaks of sinners not standing in the congregation of the righteous, it is just repeating the principle. Wicked men today live in a world which is peopled with many righteous ones. God calls these righteous ones the salt of the earth. But God is not going to allow both classes of people to be together throughout eternity. And how awful it will be to be in eternity to live forever with those who are just as wicked as you are. Never seeing a righteous person, never hearing a righteous word, never witnessing a righteous act. Say all you want to about hell and its fire. This is hell. And this is what it will be like for eternity to those who do not come to God. The ungodly cannot stand in the time of difficulty. They cannot stand in the day of judgment. And they cannot stand in the presence of God. Listen to verse 6, the final word of Psalm 1. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. The Lord knows the way of the righteous. That doesn't mean he's acquainted with us. The word know is the word for intimacy. The Lord is intimate with the righteous. And the word is in a continuing nuance. The Lord continually knows the way of the righteous. Ladies and gentlemen, God knows us when we're trying to live for him walking on the road that he puts us on. He doesn't abandon us. He knows us. He sees us. He keeps knowing the way of the righteous. His eye is upon us. His ear is open to us. And in Christ, his spirit lives within us. But the way of the wicked, says the psalmist, will perish. The ungodly sinner, judged and condemned in the final judgment, will suffer relentless torment, forever suffering the eternal wrath of God. Hear me carefully. The word perish does not mean annihilation. Everybody in this world is going to be alive forever somewhere. The road you get on will determine the destiny at which you arrive. But don't let anybody tell you that perishing means annihilation. To perish means to be separated from God. So here is the first psalm. And I will just leave you with two takeaway applications. If this psalm says anything, it says that for us to stay on the right road and not get on the detours that so often appeal to us, even as Christians, two things we need to be proactive about. First of all, stay in the written word. Read the word. Ten minutes a day for the whole book of James. 
And here's the second thing. When you're in the written word, don't forget that the written word is all about the living word. Jesus is called the word of God. My counsel to you is stay in the written word so you can find the living word and fall in love with him all over again. And you will discover, blessed is that man. Yeah. You don't have very many verses in the Bible or very many chapters in the Bible that just come right out and say, look, if you want to be blessed, here's what you do. And we've just gone through one of the great ones from Psalm 1. Tomorrow, we're going to go to the book of Ecclesiastes and talk about the importance of time as we look at the new year together from this fresh perspective. Don't forget you can get a copy of the book, Encouraging Words for a Discouraging World, a brand new resource from Turning Point. It's 208 pages, 10 chapters, biblical examples of hope that will inspire you during the challenging seasons ahead. You can claim victory in the hardest times. You can claim God's promises for your heart. This is a great little encouraging book. I think it's one that might be really special at this time for you. Here's how you get your copy. Just send a gift of any size to Turning Point during the month of January and ask for Encouraging Words for a Discouraging World, and we'll have a copy sent to you right away. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to join us tomorrow as we continue our discussion of the new year. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's special message for the new year, visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected. Our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's new book, Encouraging Words for a Discouraging World. Ten Biblical Promises to Bring Comfort in Chaos. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James Versions, available in your choice of attractive cover options. Get all the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow for a special New Year's message on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Do you believe Jesus is with you in every moment? One of the best ways to instill this truth is by spending time in reflection and prayer. Dr. David Jeremiah makes this easy with his new 365-day devotional called Walking with Jesus. This exclusive book is available for a gift of any amount in support of Turning Point. And for a donation of $120 or more, you'll receive the devotional four-pack, perfect for gifting. Learn more when you visit davidjeremiah.ca. If you've enjoyed today's program with Dr. David Jeremiah, you might be interested in hearing it again at your convenience. Stay connected to Turning Point by visiting our website at davidjeremiah.ca or by downloading our free Canadian mobile app. The app can be found by searching for Turning Point Canada on your smart device app store. Create an account and order digital resources from today's program with easy one-click checkout at davidjeremiah.ca. New Year's resolutions are essentially promises we make to ourselves and sometimes to others and even to God. But did you know that the Bible takes a dim view of promises or oaths that we make? 
King Solomon wrote that it is better not to make a promise than to make a promise and not keep it. And Jesus said just to say yes or no instead of making elaborate promises. Now that doesn't mean we shouldn't have goals for the new year. It means we should rely more on God's promises to us than our own. Even if we fail to keep ours, He always keeps His. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's promises on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life. Route 66, start your journey home today.